Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swathing clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Shepherds came to see the baby stood by his mother's side. He laid the Savior inside a manger. Oh, what a glorious night! Oh, what a glorious night! I hear the angels singing, Hallelujah! Let the Shepherds wandered, they couldn't hide it, told everyone inside. All were amazed when they heard how God came down on this glorious night. God came down on this glorious night. I hear the angels singing, hallelujah, let the earth receive again. I know that love 
glorious, glorious, what a glorious night. Glorious, glorious, what a glorious night. I hear the angels singing, hallelujah, let the earth receive the King. I know that love has come. Welcome Christmas Eve to the Glasgow Evangelical Church. Why don't you uh, join us and stand if you'd like and sing in joy to the world. Breathe 
Thank you for singing joy. Please be seated. I think I said good morning to about 90% of everyone here. It is not morning. Good evening. Um, we get in such patterns. Um, the first thing I'd like to say is um, we do still have some people coming in. So if there's a few empty seats next to you, let's get friendly and, and squeeze over or just kind of uh, try to fill in just a little bit. We still have some big families coming and things like that. That would be super helpful. And then Seth, I remember last year uh, we talked about um, what our favorite traditions for Christmas are. Um, and then uh, this year, I thought a good idea would be to talk about what your uh, and my favorite meal we've ever had during Christmas would be, or is, or was, yeah, along those lines. And you, so You do realize you should probably go first, because I'll use the rest of the time to describe mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I can go first. I can go first. Um, my, my favorite meal during Christmas time was when I lived, uh, I, I grew up in Belgrade, Montana. My grandma lived there and my parents um, were divorced. And so my grandparents kind of um, not adopted us, but would bring our family over, my mom and my brother and I, uh, for Christmas Eve and then also Christmas morning. And they just would make sure that we had everything we, we needed. But that, that Christmas Eve, so, so tonight, every year, uh, my grandma would make um, fried chicken, but she would buy the chicken whole, cut it up herself, make the, the fresh like breading and then fry it up and then use the leftover like, like juicy bits um, to make um, gravy, uh, this, this white gravy that you would then put on top of homemade um, biscuits that she would make from scratch. And so I this thought was you were like, going to say waffles. No, no, no. Oh, that would have been so No, chicken amazing. and waffles is good. Um, and then, and then uh, my mom would typically make uh, a three-layer from scratch German chocolate cake. And um, that, I think today, not just during Christmas time, but like any time, that's still like my favorite meal. Um, and then she just had this really big table where cousins and everybody, like we were just all together. And it was awesome. Man, yours probably tops mine, actually. So I, I really like a great piece of like a London broil marinated for like 48 hours. And then uh, there's this one time, you see, this is like lots of different meals. And then what my favorite one would be. We oh, made okay. this uh, parsnip and pear with jalapeno chutney. Like all I only understood two like, of those words. You know, it, was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then... Uh, we'll skip right to the dessert because we don't have enough time. But uh, there was this one time I made this uh, peppermint cheesecake mm. that was unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's yeah. fantastic. So that, that is definitely my favorite. Um, a lot of times when we come to church, Seth, we have uh, a bulletin in front of us that we can open up and we look and we, we kind of see what's going on. Tonight we don't have that. No. Nope. And so um, from this point forward, what does tonight look like for everybody? Uh, hey, here? It looks like what we're going to do is do a little bit more worship. We'll uh, read this opening scripture and then uh, sign team will come up. We'll do a quick message and then we'll all do communion together. Well, I mean, as, as we go up and then we'll finish with Silent Night. That's why we gave you guys candles. And so be ready to do that. And uh, we'll, we'll just have fun celebrating Jesus. So the, the, the candles are for all the way at the end. Um, you can put them under your chair if you'd like. Try not to step on them. Um, but we'll make sure at the very end, um, that's, that's when we use the candles. Yeah, and I'll have you read that for us. Okay. Uh, so we have John 1:14. So the world became... The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, the Father's one and only Son. 
And so that's our aim this evening for you guys, is that you would see what God has done, that you would celebrate the true king of the world and understand that he offers us peace, hope, joy, and love. And then we want you to do one thing tonight. We want you to ponder just like Mary did when her baby was born. Ponder not only just the birth, but the life of Jesus. Ponder what he's doing in your life. You cannot simply come here tonight and hear good music, and just maybe hear a good message and think, ah, that's the story of Jesus, and walk away from here unchanged. And so it demands of us, this story demands of us to look at our own lives. Are we aware of the, our need for salvation? Or do we just simply tonight give him a compulsory nod and say, all right, we're good. But would you tonight ponder all of these things and what he's doing in your hearts? Would you pray with me this morning or this evening? <laughs> Get into our habits. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come, Lord, this is about you. This isn't about getting through some sort of tradition so that we can get on to other things, but this is taking the moment to see what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, your story is unbelievable. Your story is about coming to lose your life in death, but to give us life out of death. So tonight, would we worship you and would we ponder and would we open up our hearts to you? In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So that the world may know peace is the whole reason for the Christmas story. I don't normally open with my punchline, but after this year, I think we can all agree peace has been hard enough to find, so... I'm not looking to waste your time with clever wordplay or metaphors. I just know we need hope more than ever before. Because unlike ever before, you can literally read never-ending hurt on Facebook posts and in Twitter feeds. And almost every week, it seems we create another hashtag headstone, followed up by arguments with no regard to just how hard Christmas is going to be for a family in that home on this year. So many protests welling up out of passionate fear, filling the streets over political people we will never meet. I see people placing their hope in promises that we all know won't keep, and still the news grows increasingly bleak with stories of tragedy after catastrophe. Rumors of economic shatterings, a drug epidemic no one's talking about because we traded truth for substitutes and they ain't really working out. So I think if the world is to ever know peace, there couldn't be a better time than now. In this Christmas season where we can run back to that sacred account that's been echoed for ages on end, a prophecy of a holy God to struggling sinful men that says in order for the world to know peace, a child must be born and to us a son will be given. The prophecy then states the government will be his alone for the lifting. His names will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and our Prince of Peace. As for the greatness of his government and peace within, they say there will be no end to it. Absolutely no finite measurement. 
Such a promise as this held all of creation in breathlessness for over 700 years without a single shred of evidence. But then on a midnight clear in Bethlehem, a star proclaimed God was finally with men. It was the first recorded Christmas held in a dirty, dirty stable where God incarnate laid as a baby in the manger. All of heaven sang of a savior and shepherds came with tears bigger than Cubs fans in November. The world's first time with Christ is why we celebrate every December. December, my friends, I'll say it again, that the world may know peace is the real reason for Christmas. This isn't a ploy to make you forget about pain and reality. It's just so you know my God's in the business of being peace to humanity. So down to earth he came, knowing full well he would have to be pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He took all of our punishment so we might be free, and by his wounds we might meet peace. I hope you're getting this. Peace isn't found in a feeling. Jesus Christ is peace. And I wrote this just so that you could meet him. Merry Christmas. For the past, uh, yeah. <laughs> For the past uh, five weeks, we've been looking at this. We've been expectantly waiting. Advent is exactly that, is expectantly waiting the Messiah. The very first candle we, uh, we lit was about peace. Where do you find your peace? And then we went on to joy and to peace and to love. And this week, uh, today, actually, we get to light the candle of Jesus. See, the name Jesus literally means our Lord saves You see, Jesus came to earth to save us because we can't save ourselves. We would like to think that we can do it all on our own, but there's this need in us that knows that we've been created and knows that we need to be saved. And we've already looked at this uh, verse in chapter or John chapter 1, verse 14, that says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So wrapped up in all of this in Jesus is hope and joy and peace and love. You see, it's like we're people who are drowning we're people who can't save ourselves. We need to surrender to the person who's trying to rescue us. We have to stop struggling and start trusting. See, that's one of the things they say right away when you're getting saved by a lifeguard is stop struggling, let us carry you in, you'll be fine. But instead, if the person struggles, they just end up bringing the other person down. But as I was thinking about that today, it's, it's not like that with Jesus. He is able to set us free from the penalty and the power of sin. It's the greatest gift of Christmas, God's gift of love to us, the gift of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And there's this little word in there that just kept on coming out to me as I was looking at this one verse, Jesus being flesh. And it's the word grace. 
He was full of grace and truth. We're, we're given grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It means that you don't deserve Jesus coming. None of us do. Not me, not Brian, not Breezy. We don't deserve it, but it is given. Romans 3.23 is an unbelievable verse. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Yesterday I mentioned this, and you're probably wondering why are you keeping on talking about death, about Jesus dying on the cross to give us grace. It's grace because Jesus was born to die. You cannot look at Christmas without looking at Easter. In the 17th century, a young boy was born into a Christian home, and for the first six years of his life, he heard the truth of the gospel, and he was dearly loved by his parents. But unfortunately and sadly, his parents died when he was six years old. The orphan boy went on to live with his relatives and was maltreated, abused, and ridiculed for his interest in Christ. The orphan couldn't tolerate that situation and through, and though still a boy fled to join the Royal Army, actually the Royal Navy. In the Navy, the boy's life went downhill. He became known as a brawler, was whipped many times, and participated in keel hauling of some of his comrades. Finally, while he was still young, he deserted the Royal Navy and fled to Africa, where he attached himself to a Portuguese slave trader. There his life at its low, reached its lowest point. There were times when he actually ate off the floor on his hands and knees. He escaped and became attached to another slave trader as the first mate on his ship. But the young man's pattern of life became desperately depraved. He stole the ship's whiskey and got so drunk that he fell overboard. He was close to drowning when one of his shipmates, this is crazy, harpooned him and brought him back on board. As a result, the young man had a huge scar on his side for the rest of his life. He could not get much lower. Finally, in the midst of a great storm off the coast of Scotland, after days and days of pumping water out of the boat, the young man began to reflect on the verses he had learned as a boy and was marvelously, for some reason, brought back into a relationship with God. The new life he found is reflected in his famous words, and all of you know them. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. John Newton became one of the greatest preachers of his time to completely share the fact that Jesus gave grace. From his abundance in John 1.16, from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Another version says it like this, we have received grace upon grace. That means that no matter where you find yourself right now, the grace is offered to you. When Jesus is coming as a human, his truth comes, and we are free to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. 
Would you please tonight as we continue worshiping, look into the manger and see the grace that has been extended to people all over the world and to you personally. It's an invitation to see the love of Christ. You see, without grace and this invitation, hope is just a wish. Joy is just something we muster up for a certain period of time. And peace really is unattainable. And love becomes fleeting, simple feeling left for dreamers. But with this personal invitation, he's willing to be with you in your lowest lows and your highest highs. It's the Son of God coming down to earth. And Mary pondered them, and will you? Do you know tonight that by Jesus Christ coming, God's love for you is limitless, is boundless. It's grace upon grace. We're going to be taking communion while we kind of uh, worship as well tonight. And um, I want to read a couple of verses for you uh, because this is one of those things that, yep, we go to church on Christmas Eve and we take communion. Just a couple things that you may need to know. If you've got small children, hey, we don't mind that small children take communion. We ask that you as parents are the ones that know where they're at in their relationship with Jesus Christ. We ask that even if, there, even if there are people all around you getting up to take communion and you don't really have that relationship and you're like, ah, it's not a big deal to me, you don't have to. There's none, there are no police officers looking around going, hey, he didn't get up, let's go talk to him about Jesus, get him saved. No, we're not going to do that. That's not us. But we do ask that as you look at this, you would realize what this communion is about. Matthew 26, 26 through 28 says this. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, take this and eat, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it, and he gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people it is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive sins of many. Later on in the Bible, Paul goes back to this very time when he's talking about people who are taking communion. And he says this in verse 26, he says of 1 Corinthians 11, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And we... <laughs> We so believe in this at church here that we want you to know the limitless love of God that when Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, we, we mean it. This is, this is you when you come to communion. This is what you're saying to, to, to God. Man, God, I am so thankful for you coming 
in a manger, dying for my sins. And if you're here tonight and you don't believe that, that's okay. That's okay. But if you are here, man, this is a great time for you to spend some time with God this season. That you would look into your heart and you would invite him to just say, God, what are you doing in my heart this season? We know that this season can be full of heartache. Maybe you just need to trust God a little bit more. Maybe there's a relationship that you really want God to step into. Maybe your life is just a shambles and you're saying, God, you're the only one that can fix this. This is, this is your time to do that work with him. And so it's not a rush to come, come do this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up right now, and they're going to lead us through a couple songs. And Brian's going to be posted over here, and, and I'm going to be over here. And uh, if, if and when you're ready, just come up. And we're going to ask you to come up and go through the outsides. We'll leave the middle section also if uh, you need to go through the middle section. So we'll just go around and out, and we'll be good. Okay. Let me pray for you, though, first. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we, as we dive into communion, God, would we take the time to ponder you? The fact that your amazing grace is, is for us. It wasn't just to show off your son and say, here, look at this great person, but it was for you to give your son for us so that we could have grace upon grace. God, you, your love for us is unbelievable. And so tonight as we listen, as we take communion, Lord, would we examine our hearts and would we know that you are our God? In your holy name we pray. Amen.
Christ was born. Truly, He taught us to love one another. His law is grace, and His gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is a brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus praise we let So uh, we've been looking at Advent, and once again, like I said, uh, Advent is expectant waiting. But it's not waiting in a sense of just lying around being lazy. It's, it's about being intentional, about seeing what God is doing in our world and becoming a part of it. Jesus says over and over again in the scriptures that the kingdom of heaven is now. And then in Matthew 28, 19, this is what he implores us, he says, Jesus told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This next part that we get to do is, is symbolism of just this, about going. It's about taking the light that God has given us in Jesus Christ and sharing it with the rest of the world. And it just so happened that Jesus came upon uh, a silent night. And so we're going to sing a silent night as we light our candles. And uh, I'll steal one of these candles because I forgot mine. <laughs> and then uh, Brian's going to come and close. But just think about this. I'm going to ask all the lights to be completely turned off. Noah, go ahead for that. And... We will uh, we'll sing Silent Night together.
lights down that's fine attention doesn't have to be on me okay there's there's this trick that I love doing every every time uh, we, we light candles on on Christmas Eve so um, everybody bring your candles low just bring them low don't burn anybody so those of you that have kids don't hit them okay you can and now and now lift them up lift them up and so when when we know who Christ is in our heart and we lift our light up, it's so much easier to the world to see 
the light of Christ. If we share it with others, it goes a lot quicker. <laughs> if we were to just light one candle at a time, it, it goes pretty slow. We can bring them down again. This isn't like an army exercise. We have to hold your arms up. So we have to do that all the time. Um, we got to share the light. I was reading a study just the other day that polled atheists around the country. And it said something like 1,000 or 3,000. I can't remember exactly how many they polled for why they're atheists today. And those that came from a religious home, they said that uh, the reason that they were atheists today is because there was no religion in the home. They came from a religious home with no religion in the home. And so let's not, let's not share the light in here. Let's share the light out there. The hope, the joy, the peace, the love of Christ out there because this many lights in the little town of Glasgow is going to make a huge difference. I want to thank everybody that, that is, is a guest here today, um, either from in the town of Glasgow or, or from all over the country. We totally appreciate you being a part of our family and sharing with us today. May you travel home safe. And um, we really hope that uh, you all enjoy your Christmas season. Um, let's pray. Lord, I don't even know why a sinner like me is worthy of praying on a day like this. Lord, may, may we as a church body, whether we're from right here in Valley County or from all over the country, may we leave this, this room, this building, and Lord, may we share your light. May we share your love. Not fake love that just likes things a lot, but real love. Lord, may we share your hope that goes beyond just this world. May we share your peace that radiates every conversation that we're in. And Lord, may our joy be reliant on you and not the circumstances of our world. May we have your joy day in and day out. Most of all, Lord, may your words be what's on our lips that we share with the rest of this world. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.